0: Listen to ordinary people who lead extraordinary lives. Their leadership styles forever impressed in the hearts and minds of people, be it in their professions, personal life, and or in communities by being an example of greatness. Be inspired by these personal stories and prepare to be both moved and motivated as Maurice Manley II, the serial entrepreneur, interviews present and future icons. Challenge yourself to recognize the leader that lives within, so that you may continue to grow and experience amazing things in life. We are all capable of leadership. Take charge and lead up. You are listening to episode number 71, Dream Big. We were fortunate enough to catch up with the founder and creator of STEMnetics, Sincere, and Dream Big Podcast, Shion Phillips. Getting his start as an engineer and serving on multiple boards, Shion has developed the skill of multi-dimensional leadership. This gives him the ability to have a dynamic impact when leading adults, while also helping kids understand life and the business of engineering. Without further delay, Let's jump into the conversation with Shion Phillips. We're back again for another episode of Lead Up on or via Zoom. Today, joining us, profound man sits on two boards. Co-founded two companies, My Dream Big Club, Steminetics, Sincere. He's an engineer by career trade. Sean Phillips, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Maurice. How you doing, man? I'm
0: fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So let's dig in. Where did you get your exposure for engineering?
1: Yeah, that's 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 a good question, and and I still think about that. Um, my dad was an engineer though to mm. start off, but to be honest, I really didn't know what engineering was about. But I knew going to school, I I was getting math and science, mm-hmm. and you know, just like most of the people going into college, not sure really what to pursue. And I think you know, talking to my dad, he he had mentioned engineering, and then knowing that those two subject matters were important, that's why I decided to pursue it.
0: Now, what type of engineering?
1: Electrical engineering.
0: So, even in the beginning, when you were pursuing, you had in your mind, I'm just gonna go to electrical.
1: Um. So when I so I graduated, or when I was graduating or going to school, um, it's around where like laptops starting to be, you know, very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, cell phones or mobile devices were just starting to be popular. So you think about electrical engineering, you have the the, the components that go into those uh, applications or devices and also computer programming in a way was tied into that as well. So it just seemed like a, like a good field to go into for the future. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was.
0: So now what was, what gets real interesting is, so you're in a career engineering, you're doing great. And You've worked for all of these companies. You've been on boards and you're directing, managing director. But then you co-found two other companies that are focused on kids, K through 12. So now where did that come from?
1: How did that come about? So uh, life story. So first, uh, you know, college for engineering. And then I worked at Motorola designing cell phones, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Had an opportunity to to travel. But I also had an opportunity to see how like big corporations really operate Mm -hmm. and then from there um a buddy of mine from motorola and another gentleman we ended up um starting projects in SARE because it was something for myself when i went to school there weren't a lot of people of color that were pursuing uh, the technical or the science fields and also when i got to work at motorola obviously that was still an issue So instead of just complaining about the problem, what we did is we decided to fix the problem the best way that we can. And that's by educating students early on about science, technology, engineering and mathematics. And this is before like the STEM topic was was sexy and everyone knew about it. Right. And and then from there, when I left Chicago, because I had moved, um, just started to do it again with uh, STEMnetics, just because, you know, reaching the youth and being able to teach them some of the cool concepts and how learning can be, cool and fun mm-hmm. has always been a, a strong passion of mine.
0: What have you found while working with the kids? Like what, in terms of just gauging interest, um, they're
1: yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah. The, I found that the kids are inquisitive and extremely smart. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to the projects that we're doing, it's not just regular, uh, vocational lear- or it's not regular learning where you're, you're reading out of a book and, you just, you know, regurgitate information. It's more of a sense of we're giving you a problem and we want you to solve it. And then when you start working with these kids, you start to see like, man, like they got better solutions than I would think of. Hmm. And just like that creativity. And we focus for products in Sarah when I started and, and even for the next was Flint, projects and Sarah was Chicago, intercity of Chicago for the most part. And You know, a lot of times people, you know, discount them or discredit them for what they can't do and what they're able to do. And, you know, it's very easy to to judge. Right. Mm -hmm. But then going in there and and seeing these brilliant minds go to work. um, It it was it was a beautiful thing to to see. And even for me, just seeing a kid from where they started to where they went, it it would always touch me. Right. So I think I think that impact and and just knowing that type of passion that um, or that exuberates for me when I see that progression. Uh, continues to live within me just knowing that people can be altered or changed or enhanced in different ways
0: why why do you think the the level of interest or the pursuit of science and engineering isn't as high as let's say a doctor or an attorney
1: yeah well i mean for doctors you still you're still connected to to science and i mean attorney and lawyers um maybe people have a better understanding of what an attorney would do, but even though they don't have a full understanding, mm-hmm. I think on the on the engineering side, uh, people just know that, I don't know, sometimes they think engineers actually are the ones that are like fixing trains, right? So like those, that was a very <laughs> common thing when I would talk to some of the students. Really? I think it's just just exposure, right? Anything in life, you have to be exposed to different fields and to different things to to really appreciate and understand what it is all about. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, the exposure was a very key thing where we would let them know that engineering tied into just about everything in life. And I think for me, tying that into school is is one of the reasons why I'm very happy that I was, I was pushed in a way or stared in a way to do engineering because the ability to solve problems is something that always lives within me. Mm-hmm. And to see something break it down and find ways to solve it is just how my mind operates. So like that analytical mind is, is is what I really learned coming out of college.
0: Okay. But that, but as you mentioned, that was something that was always in you even prior to college, right?
1: Yeah, it was in me, but college, man, University of Michigan, they, they know how to beat you up to make sure you understand (laughs) it. Right. So solving problems, I think I understood it, but you know, once you go into college and you're doing problem set after problem set after problem set, I mean, yeah, I keep going on that one. Um, you really, you really learn the arts and the craft into solving problems, right? And that's something you always, you always can take with you,
0: right? And I'm, I'm sure it helped a lot in your case because you had a a blueprint via your dad, watching him. You know, w- what type of engineer was he?
1: Yeah, so so he was uh, an aerospace engineer. Um, and he did a lot of work with transportation, um, you know, like civil engineering type of work. But I mean, even that, though, th- there's only I-, I didn't know a lot about engineering right. And I-, I was equated to you know having a father that's an engineer, um, and I still barely knew what an engineer really did. Mm-hmm. And then now you're you're dealing with kids that have no type of uh, lineage into the sciences, physicists, engineering. And for them to understand what that entails is, you know, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. Because because not until I really started doing my internships, because my junior year in college, where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that's why we did that in the class. Right. That's how that connects. Right. And that's how I always tell people like, do some some work that ties into what you're what you're studying. Right. How do you know if you like? How you know you like it unless you are actually doing that work. right? Correct. So I always push that.
0: Is a funny story, real quick one, you know, growing up, I was always into uh, airplanes. I used to make the paper airplanes and had the models, uh, but not the models that you just sit on the table, the kind you actually put together and and fly them, because I always liked the effect (laughs) or the action. And so from that, um, I even tried to create a video game, Top Gun 2, submitted it it to (laughs) Nintendo, a friend of mine, I mean, me and a friend of mine. And of course, Nintendo denied us. And Nintendo. Then, yeah, <laughs> but check, a, a year later, they came out with the exact game because it mm. wasn't, you know, we didn't have a patent or copyright. I didn't know anything about that. I'm in elementary school. Wow. Long story short, fast forward, I decide, well, I want to pursue uh, aeronautical engineering. So I had that, but what I didn't know, and this is probably to your point, which you have found with, with uh, the youth, I didn't fully know how to pursue it. I yeah. knew that I wanted to make airplanes, but I didn't know and I knew the type of like I wanted to make fighter like fighter jets, but I didn't know okay, what's all involved, what classes to take, what school do I need to go to, who do I even talk to? Because right. I had nobody in my in my immediate circle that was an engineer or that knew anything about it. However, I did know that engineers make airplanes mm-hmm. at some level. So I, I totally understand what you're saying.
1: I, think, I mean, that's a very good point good point and example that you're bringing up, right? I think at the end of the day, you know, we can aspire to be anything, right? Mm-hmm. But then understanding the path to get there is, is not always clear. Correct. Um, and that's why people always preach on, on mentorship. Mm-hmm. Or uh, one of the things that I thought for our team, Right. When we were into this, when we were in the schools, is just that you know, everybody is a, you know, can lead up, right. Let's, let's use your guys <laughs> platform to the direction one should take. Right. So if I'm, if I'm in college, I can mentor in high, a high school person. Someone <laughs> in high school, can mentor someone in middle school and then going the other way, right. College, someone that just graduated college, I can look at them as a mentor or, 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 or know the direction to go like, Hey, you know, I, I was, I came out of University of Michigan, let's electrical engineering, these are the jobs that were interesting to me. Mm. Right. And it, it just helps you tremendously. And I think that uh, within a lot of the communities that, that we were dealing with, it's just that the path to get there was not always clear. So just even just letting them know and exposing them like this is the this is one path of many that you can use to get to where you want to go.
0: Yeah, so true. What do you think is more challenging, leading adults or leading kids? <sighs>
1: I think it's more challenging leading adults.
0: And why is that?
1: I think adults have their, their mind set up Mm -hmm. in a way Um, adults also have a lot more experience and um, a lot more uh, disappointment and failure that they, they try to forget or they have to get past to, to be able to go a certain direction where kids are, kids are still learning. And there's a lot of experience that you can bring them into like the first times and you can, um, they look at you in a way that, you know, you're experienced and there's so many things that they have not experienced themselves. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you introduce them to it, um, it, it, it's, it's, I guess they're more susceptible to kind of follow in a way, right? Mm-hmm. And now, you know, they always say it's it's hard to unlearn, right? We as adults, we have these, these fears that we sometimes just infuse in ourselves. And then you, you try to forget and you try to move forward. And, you know, the ability to continue to be positive in the way that you you see each of your experiences is not always an easy thing. Yeah. So I would go with, uh, with, with, with the kids being
0: harder. I agree. <laughs> yeah, totally yeah. agree. Because they're more of a sponge than the adults. Right. And a lot of adults, they, for whatever reason, they grow a brain. And they think they're <laughs> smarter than you. They think they have more experience and on and on and on. And it gets very convoluted. How much of your life would you say you've engineered versus it, how much has it built itself?
1: That's a good question. I think that a majority of it has actually built itself.
0: Hmm. Right?
1: And I think what I would just go back is like going to college is something that I knew I was going to do just from my upbringing and my, my, my older brothers, they all went to, you know, big time colleges and it's just like that K to 16 is just like, bam, bam, bam. And then you get a job. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, starting what I would say three businesses or leaving Motorola and starting products in Sincere is not something that I engineered to happen and more so just, just kind of happened, right? I didn't draw that out. And then as I do things in my life and as I meet new people and as I read more books, right, now it's a matter of just seeing what truly interest you, mm-hmm. seeing what is the thing that um, you become very moved by, right? Mm-hmm. Something that is, is very, uh, that you connect with, right? Um, but then now, as you find those different things you connect with, you start to say, okay, how can I engineer for this to happen? Mm-hmm. Right? And sometimes I do some reverse engineering as well. Um, so, yeah.
0: How much of it would you say is uh, passion versus purpose? For you,
1: I would say that, I mean, I don't have a clear breakdown, but for the most part, it would probably be on the, you know, it's purpose-driven where right? mm-hmm. I, I see the, I look at what the, like, I look for things that are, are gratifying, right? Okay. It's not just a matter of, uh, like, I'll take Motorola, for example, excellent experience, loved it, met some great people that I talked to today. Now, if we sell 5 million phones instead of 2 million phones, Mm -hmm. am I moved by it? Yes, I get a raise, but what does that really connect to? So it has to be another purpose to to what we're doing it for. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to all the companies that I have looked to start, there's a purpose behind it on really impacting people right. And trying to change lives. And I think that it's always been something as I reflect back on that's I've always been connected to. So no matter what you're, you're going after, right. You need to like, what's the greater good, mm-hmm. right. Why, why are you doing this? Because it's going to keep you going.
0: Do you think as once you, you get going and you identify the purpose in your case has, um, has the passion, like kind of invoked or built up or is it just kind of flat and you like, you know what, this is the purpose. And that's just what it is.
1: No, there's, there's definitely passion that's built into it. Right. So I think they, they do go hand in hand to your point where, you know, as as you start to build something, you start to get more passionate about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, your emotions get involved and, you know, that gratifying aspect that I talked to or talk about, you'll, you'll start to start to feel it. Right. And I think, anything that I've done where I've been very passionate about, it's very hard to stop me. Right. Mm. So sometimes I'm like, man, how do I get this feeling every time? (laughs) Once you get that feeling, it's like, who's going to stop you. Right. It's really like, you're just so, you're just so focused that like, you just can't stop the person. Right. And I think that you always look to, I think even for myself, I try to do more, more journaling. And after something great happens, I try to, I try to reflect back on it. I don't do it as much, but then I think that's why the, Journaling is so important because mm. you could all reflect back on it mm. and be like, oh, yeah, no, I remember that. And then it kind of fires you up a little more.
0: So I want to kind of go in that way, the the journaling thing, because I've tried to journal in the past. And after a while, just got a little mundane yeah. and boring for me. So what is your your style? Like, do you write down everything you did in the day or do you just kind of write your thoughts out or do you. Is it just the journaling of in terms of like goals and ideas? What, what's your right. your method?
1: Right. So I'll preface this and say I'm I'm still also improving. I'm not perfect at it. <laughs> but here's where I want to be. I do want to journal every day. And the, the things that I do that I, I start to do more of is I have a top three where hmm. like these are our top things, three things I want to accomplish today. Right. And those top three things, it's like they must get accomplished. I'd be lying to you and say that they always get accomplished. But I know once I get to the to the level that they always get accomplished, um, I, I'm a force to be reckoned with because it's like you start to do these step up things to get to your common goal. In terms of journaling, uh, I think it was Ben Franklin, but I try to I try to do this as much as possible too. But he wakes up and says, "What good will I accomplish today?" And then he writes it down, or he wrote it down, right? Ben Franklin is not here. And then after that, when he go when he's going to bed, right before he goes to bed, he says, "What good did I accomplish today?" right? So like, what am I going to accomplish? And what did I accomplish? Mm. And I think what that is, whatever method or system you use, it's a matter of, you have to set out to really rethink about what is it that you, like the direction you're going, what do you want to accomplish? What are you going to do today? And then you also have to reflect, right? Things happen throughout the day. Everything is not perfect. But then to be able to reflect and say, oh, okay, I did accomplish what I set out to do. Or, okay, I didn't get this done, right? Why didn't I get this done? So that that constant reflection is key, and then usually after big things, even with this, um, you know, current epidemic or pandemic, you know, it's it's a matter of like still journaling about things that are occurring because you know these are this is this is history and mm-hmm. things that you do that are are historic or that are very iconic or that are very important to you. It's good to to take some type of log, um, a log about what's going on,
0: okay. what happened. And I just want to go back over because I like the idea. I like both ideas that you just said. Um, What do I intend to accomplish? And then what have I accomplished? But then you mentioned the top three. And that is the top three things that you wish to accomplish for the day.
1: Yeah, the top three things. So, for example, let's say you wake up and one is I I need to do research on the person I'm about to interview. Mm -hmm. Two. I need to make sure that I call the bank about this product that I'm working on, or I'm trying to get a house. I just need to get the, talk to the lender. And three is I want to make sure I'm able to teach my child this lesson. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, you make it three attainable things. And then at the end of the day, did you accomplish it? Yes or no. Right. It's not like a list of 30 list of 50, something that will, will get you closer to the goal that you're, you're going towards.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I'm, a. thank you for that. I'm still, <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
1: you know, we bounce back ideas off each other. That's man.
0: <laughs> so when, when opportunities come your way, how do you analyze and calculate in order to mitigate uh, opportunity risk?
1: Yeah, I think it's a matter of, and I, I think in my life I've, I've taken quite a bit of a risk. I think I could do a lot better and taking an even bigger risk, right? Mm-hmm. So there's still some, you know, risk assessment and saying, ah, oh, should I do this? And then when you have kids, you, your risk assessment really changes, Yes, uh, which I have two of them. Um, I think for, for me, it's just a matter of like laying out as, as much many facts uh, as possible and, and just, you know, doing some basic model on what things look like. So I, like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm very analytical, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Cause I can analyze all day, right. but you need that action. Right, and I've gotten a lot better with that, you know, thanks to my wife that I call my accountability partner. But you, I just pretty much lay it out, right? So you can see in my room, I have, you know, if things coming out ahead. I just I piece it together, and it's clean. But then, like the number one thing is like, all right, well, let's go, right? Right, right. And and I think that you know when, when you have when you think about like things that can happen, worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's nothing really to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's just, it's just confidence and just going for it. Right. It's just putting that action together.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I asked that because, because you're an engineer, I know there is a lot of technical and analytical things involved in in the thinking of an engineer, which I gather that becomes a part of you in in terms yeah. of how you assess just life in general. And I said, you know what, I'm sure he has some type of formula <laughs> yeah. And, and the way he kind of calculates opportunity costs, opportunity risk and, and on and on and on and on. So that's why I asked that.
1: Yeah. And, and it helps uh, like when it comes to numbers, at least for me, like I, like financials. I mean, that's something that I actually like to do. Mm-hmm. I like to build these basic formulas. And like, you know, when you change this, this is what happens to the whole spreadsheet. Um, and I like to just put everything up and to just be able to you know make a decision on you know, does it make sense? And then you just kind of kind of move from there,
0: and that carries over into personal life, right? In terms of making personal decisions,
1: yeah. So another thing when i was I would say, even even out of college, probably five years ago, you know you've always thought about like, you know I need to set goals, I need to set goals. and I think about how I've really improved in goal setting, where at one point it was like no goals really set. And mm-hmm. then it's like you set goals, but you don't really accomplish it. And then you set goals and you don't accomplish all of them, but you accomplish some of them. I'm mm-hmm. um, to the point where I'm at right now where you set goals and still may not all be accomplished, but then trying to make them lofty enough. But then also the key is like checking on these goals very frequently Mm. right and that's 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 the stage i'm in right now where constantly you're checking up on it and then the next stage for me would be setting it breaking it down into bite-sized pieces and then just like following a clear trajectory so like you know it's it's a it's a learning process for me right and i think as i as i read and as i talk to more people i'm getting better and better in how i'm i'm setting out to to accomplish all these goals
0: now when you say check on the goal meaning uh, revisit what the uh, initial goal is and seeing if you accomplished it or you want to see where you're at in the process of accomplishing it.
1: Yeah. It's a little bit of both. I mean, in life, if you're like a good example that I, I once heard about is, you know, if we're playing basketball or any type of sport, your favorite sport, and then we're playing and there's no there's no end to the game. There's no time, and there's no up to 21. You're just playing. Yeah, and sooner or later, you're gonna be like, "All right, man, I'm done." Like, <laughs> when does this end? Right. right. So I think that's the same thing with goals, where you need to know what your target is. Okay. You need to know the direction you're going. You need to know what are you trying to accomplish. And then also with that is you need some inspiration through the process that you're getting somewhere. So last year with my Dream Big Club, like we we did a conference, and part of that was. You know, we had like sponsorship goals, right? So once you reach that, great. We had a goal of, hey, we need to make sure that we sell X amount of tickets by this week, right? So as you continue to progress and you continue to, to, to hit the checkpoints and the milestones, you get a, a boost of energy, right? You get a boost of, all right, we're headed in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's just like some lofty goal and there's no checkpoint, uh, it becomes kind of daunting, right? You think about any any large task, anything that's happening um, in this world, especially with these major companies, it's like they have these little checkpoints that they're always doing right to get them to their to their big goal.
0: So would you say when when a person is creating a goal, is it better to instead of just making a general goal like. Example, I want to own a house by 2021, so that's the goal. Would you say that it is better to say, okay, I want to own a house by 2021, but also write out it's currently April. So I need to hit between April and June. I need to save $10,000. And so June becomes the checkpoint for the big goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head, right? At the end of the day, if you're trying, i use easy numbers for the audience, like you're trying to save hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars by 2021 so like let's say a, a full year right mm-hmm. 2021 within the quarter segments right 100 divided by four is 25 so you should have these checkpoints that are like 25,000 marks or maybe it's a matter of like hey once I do this I know that it's going to grow exponentially so like by this much I should have 20,000 by this much I should have you know 50,000, about this much as I have 75,000, but you need to, you need to check to see if you're, you're getting close, right? You just right. can't say a hundred thousand. And then a month before you're like, well, I only got 8,000. What happened? It's too e- late now. E- exactly. Right? So you exactly. got to figure it out early and you need these different checkpoints as you, as you trend with your goal.
0: Okay. How has working for several companies and creating various businesses helped with being, helped you with becoming a multidimensional leader?
1: I think that it's it's helped me in a way that I've dealt with very different people, right? Mm-hmm. so i won't I won't say which job, which job, but you know there's there's one job where you know you're you're building it from scratch and you get to hire the people that you want right? so everyone that you're everyone that you're bringing into the organization, you have been involved with the hiring process. I've dealt with another job where I, I'm a new leader and you work with who you have. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the people you have, you try to work with them and either they're not feeling your vibe or vice versa. Right. But then you as a leader need to decide, how are we going to, to me- mend this together? And what are we going to do moving forward? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, you know, I've worked with, with, um, Another role where it was half and half, right? So you come in, and but then you're also hiring new people in, and it's still it's still a new uh, new ordeal, and you just have to really figure out what works. I don't think there's a a magical formula for for each of them, but I think the ability to to listen to the people that you're managing, and leading is very important mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, I think the most important thing really is—I mean, I mean—you are empathetic, but I mean, people need to come to work and, and have fun, right? I mean, have fun, do what you are supposed to do, and I think everything works out. Yeah, because, you know, it's life, right? It's not a—you know—go in and let's, let's all be sad going to work. No, we're here to have fun and get the work done. Simple,
0: right? Do you find that? Um because your experience and your um, exposure to different groups, organizations, do you find that after a while, all of it is kind of the same or is it yeah. different? In
1: yeah, I mean, the culture, culture changes, right? Culture is is, is something that will change with organizations. I think leadership though is very similar no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 a believer, I could be wrong, but I'm a believer like some of the most successful coaches would run a very successful business just because they, I mean, granted they understand, but that they're they're leaders, right? And we're right. leaders in our own different ways. And I believe that there's there's through the journey, you should continue to always learn, right? It's not a matter of, okay, I've made it and it's over no it's a learning process there's different challenges and you need to continually educate yourself so that you can also be able to educate others right Mm -hmm. if you stop learning you hit a certain level and sooner or later your people that you're managing or people you're supposed to be leading like they're they're continuously learning they continuously want to be challenged so it's always a process that you should be gaining more knowledge more tactics, more strategies as you continue to progress.
0: Right, it's basically cross pollination.
1: Right, right,
0: yeah. How how would you say working with kids has enhanced your ability to assess yourself with regard to leadership and personal development?
1: Yeah, this is uh, working with kids is has has made me uh, what I believe and what people have told me is very dynamic and quick to think on my feet. Hmm. I and mean, working with these kids, these kids are they're sharp, man, and they're quick, and they're unpredictable
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the point where uh, I mean, a good example is you know I'm working, and you know when I first started doing projects there. I had to be I think I was like twenty four, twenty five years old. Wow! And right, and you, as a kid and you, yourself, you, you said what?
0: <laughs> I said you were a kid yourself. <laughs>
1: all right, all right, kid myself, but you know I'm working with like kids that I'm ten plus years older than, so yeah. you know I feel like a big adult but i think that the key though is i mean you come in there thinking you you have a certain type of swag or that you're able to like the kids are just going to attract to you and it's not always that and you have to be you have to be very quick and sharp with it because these kids they have these zingers right mm-hmm. or or you go in there with a plan and then before you know it you know one student is just they're not having it right so then one you have to be stern mm-hmm. two you have to be able to keep the other the rest of the class, right? this is what teachers do right now. So I give them credit. Keep the other the the rest of the class entertained and doing what they need to do. And then, you know, three, you have to find a way to address so that this person or this student is able to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you think about connecting that into business is that it's not at all times that everyone's going to be hitting it on all cylinders, but the business continues to move, things to continue to need to grow, you need to operate, you need to figure out, okay, whether it's something that's flaw within the process, how do I fix this and keep those things moving? Or if it's a certain employee that is not uh, working up to par, how do I enhance what they're doing, help them so that they can get back into being productive and whatever they have to
0: do? Hmm. Okay. And then it's so in the midst of all of that, Do you at any time kind of look back at yourself and kind of reevaluate and analyze or assess yourself as it pertains to those same things that you're doing with the kids or other people?
1: All the time. I'm always um, assessing myself. right? Mm -hmm.
0: And And so what is that process like?
1: I think the process is I'll give you tangible examples. Right. Because so like going on the the goal setting that I that I mentioned. Right there's I've I've continuously improved on how I'm setting it because I'm continuously analyzing how I'm doing and what my throughput is and what my success rate is. And then even when it comes to creating these, these lofty goals that I want to accomplish Mm -hmm. at times, right. As I reevaluate it and let's say I accomplished it, but then it took me a long time to get started. And I'm just like, why did it take me so long to get started? Right, and then I have like a vision board, and on it it says, "Action curves fair." Right, so it's a matter of you know, at times, you know, there's there's fear that happens, right, mm-hmm. that that comes into your mind, and you're like, "Man, what if I do this?" and it just flops. But then, as I continue to assess myself, everything doesn't work out. But then at the end of the day, when I assess it, some there's something good came out of it, right? Whether it's more confidence, whether it's one additional follower, whether it's a, 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 just a lesson learned, right? And I think that it's a, constant, it's a constant thing that I'm doing, especially when I'm checking my goals on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Because part of that process is I need to read X amount of books a year, right? And then once I read the books, it's like, what am I extracting from the books? How am I putting that into action? And it's constantly getting new information and saying, how do I plan to apply it?
0: Now, what about on the psychological emotional and spiritual level how do you make those adjustments and or assessments like nothing nothing pertaining to um tangible things or like uh, like a goal where you say like we talked about earlier i want this house or i need to lead this group just internally like you know what I i noticed that i haven't dealt with a particular emotion or I noticed that my thinking is out of alignment as it pertains to this thing or my spirit is low right now how do you make those calculations assessments and adjustments
1: yeah yeah yeah. I think someone's told me that your your eyesight doesn't determine your insight Mm -hmm. right so you know and I'm a faithful person too so it's a matter of being able to have faith that something is going to happen and, you know, praying about it, but then also to yourself, being able to, uh, to, you know, to say God helps those who help themselves. So like being able to put certain action into play where you think about your psyche, you think about your faith, you think about what's the, what's the worst that can happens. Right. So it's always like checking yourself Mm -hmm. and being, you know, the confidence is a is a key thing, right? So if if it's a matter of, you know, a good, a good thing, I always tell like new entrepreneurs, not you know, is, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like the entrepreneur of the year, but through the, through the process, especially when you first start out, mm-hmm. it could be very lonely, yeah. right? You're starting something is like, am I doing the right thing? It's not like you have like a whole staff to say, like, hey, how does this sound? And but the one thing I always tell them, and I always remind myself too, because I've gone through that process a couple of times, is that continue to chip at it. Because as you chip at it, things get better, right? But it's very easy to kind of get into that psyche where it's just like, man, let's go back to corporate America and call it a day. Yeah. Because it, it's a challenging process. And who's there to check you? Who's there to check up on you? But then you need to always kind of take your, your, you know, psychologically, think to yourself, what's the purpose that I'm doing this for, what's the ultimate reason that I'm doing this. And at the very least you should be putting your best foot forward to be able to, to get whatever your throughput is or the insight that you, that you've created. Um, and that's kind of how I always look to to check myself on it.
0: Now you mentioned confidence it being key. How would you uh, recommend someone developing or building their confidence if they didn't have it?
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's a very good point. The ability to have confidence is, is just a matter of, man, it's, 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 you have to do right. Mm -hmm. And if it's a, like, if you want to have confidence to, you know, talk to that girl or boy that's, that you've always wanted to talk to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a good example is, you you know, you have your lines ready before approaching (laughs) them, right. Prepare yourself. And the more you prepare, the more you feel feel good about it, right? And I yeah. think it goes the same way where you're trying to talk to your your manager about a raise or or going into an interview is that you have to to properly prepare for it. And the more you prepare, the the, the better you're going to feel about it. And then also, um, for me, I'm always I'm always in the mindset of like really like what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And then for me, like I said, I'm a faithful person. So I was, you know, at the power that be by my side, but it's a matter of, you know, you, you go at it. And then at the end of the day, even if you don't get that job, even if you don't get that raise, you have options. Yeah. Right? You stay at the company. You don't stay at the company. You decide to go get a different job. That's very aligned with the one that you're looking for. Like there's, there's endless possibilities. Right. Um, and I, I, have the, I have the mindset right now and I tell people as well on my podcast is within every human being uh, lies the potential to be great, mm-hmm. right? So we, we all have the potential and the ability to be great and we have to really find it within ourselves on what is it that we need to do to build the confidence. If you don't like public speaking or you're scared of public speaking, join Toastmasters or do something where you can step your way up into being a better public speaker, right? Mm-hmm. There's just so many things we can do and so much information around this.
0: Right, right. And speaking of your podcast, it's, it's uh, the Dream Big Club.
1: Correct. Yeah. My Dream Big My, Club. My
0: Dream Big Club, excuse me. And that is about, this is your yeah, pitch. So,
1: yeah, so the push, <laughs> and I appreciate it. The The podcast is to inspire and motivate people to dream big. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that through being able to curate stories and kind of like what you're doing, right? Being able to, to talk to people who are able to just share their stories on what they've done to overcome adversity, to be able to climb up the corporate ladder, to be able to control the controllables, right? So things that tangible things we all can do and take a piece out of mm-hmm. so that we can be better.
0: Totally agree. Yeah, we're in alignment on that. That's, it, bro. that's exactly what this platform is about. And how long has that been going?
1: So it's it's been going on for, I think we're on two months now. So, oh, still so wow. fairly new, okay, but um, it's been great. It's been great seeing the, the the feedback, right? So, feedback is always always a great thing, um, good and bad. Just mm-hmm. to, to hear people listening to your platform and and being able to want to see you grow and and hearing great great stories or or moving stories, right? That whole moving and gratifying aspect is when somebody calls you or, or writes a review that, like, wow, like I never thought about it this way, yeah, right? and then you just You just hope that more stories like that come, and people would continue to to do great things. Right, right.
0: Those are those uh, intermediate benchmarks that you spoke about. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't want to say it. I wanted. I was. I was tossing it up to you. So appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) In your opinion, what makes a leader great and iconic?
1: I think what makes a leader great and iconic falls into three things: Um, to be empathetic, to have a strong vision and to lead by example.
0: Empathetic, strong vision, and lead by example. example. Those are good points. And what leader do you look up to and admire?
1: Man, people ask me that question. I I just, I I can't fire it off like that. But people that I look up to and admire as a leader, uh, I think LeBron to me really shows great leadership Mm -hmm. and i think you know i think he those those three things i believe that he has within him to my um obama was was someone that had had to be to get to where he you know he was able to, to what he's able to accomplish and continues to do shows shows great leadership um who else um I believe that, man. I don't. know, Everyone that's like you know Obama, Michelle, Barack, Alan <laughs> DeGeneres. I mean, people that are like doing big things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you would imagine that they have some great, you know, leadership qualities and characteristics that are that are innate. But then I believe that they also you know, asking them the same question is that they're looking up to other people that are also great leaders in their mind.
0: Yeah. Final question. This is called a tabula rasa, which stands for blank slate. Thank you for the definition, man. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) All right. So you have a, you have a, you're an artist and you have a blank canvas in front of you and you have all the colors you can possibly want or need to paint a picture. This picture you're painting is a picture of your life. Now, the caveat is you have mentored millions of kids across the world. Your, your business is leaps and bounds. is bigger than what you could have possibly dreamt or imagined. Uh, your family structure is phenomenal. Your kids are grown. They're out the house. You've, you've done and completed everything that your heart desires. Coming back to this blank canvas, what picture do you paint for your life? And what colors do you use?
1: Yeah, so I, I I would have picture at the very bottom is like you kind of have um, a little bit of you know dark colors. And then at the very top, you're going to have very bright colors and the sunrise. And in between, there's going to be pictures that are drawn that kind of shows uh, faith and hope, right? So mm-hmm. it's like a journey of having faith having hope and then I would probably put some of the accomplishments that um, I've had up until this day that gives me a constant reminder of the life journey and then through my life and the stage that I'm in I see I see green and I see the I see joyous people because um, philanthropy is something that I truly believe in and I, you know, I, I there, there's colors that just kind of, you know, you see arms and just like people just <laughs> smiling and excited because, you know, you're, you're able to, 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 give back in a great way. Um, I see, you know, red for the heart and I see that, and I, you know, I draw something that represents healthy family and a health, healthy lifestyle, um, and living. And then, um, I also see. The you know I think wealth in in whatever way, but being able to um, generations for for my kids and just kind of whatever that represents that they're also going to be able to pass on as well to to be able to um, you know kind of give back in their own way, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, last thing is just being able to have a book, right? So. Um, the, the book is about education and continuous learning. And then, you know, within there, as well as at the very top, you know, is my picture or what re- resembles God to me as a reminder.
0: That's a full picture. <laughs> Thank you. That- it's a nice collage. That's, <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's my dream <laughs> board. <I'm joking. laughs> that's more uh, detailed than uh, Basquiat and Mona Lisa combined. <laughs> If only I could draw now, right? If only I could draw. I can talk th- about it. I think I could you could. I think you could put it together. Yeah, I like Appreciate that one I, That's a nice one. It's very detailed. Look it feels like you thought about this before. Give <laughs> some thought, man. For my life to be like. Shame, man. I wanna um salute you, honor you for all the work Thank that you man. are doing, all the work that you have done and what you will continue to do in the future. Appreciate for it. helping these kids out because they need leaders and mentors like you, exposing them to another way of thinking in and in a, another life or the possibilities. So, uh, yeah, I honor you and salute you. Thank you, bro. Uh, you're welcome. And, again, thank you for coming on. Now I want to open the the platform up for you to put your information up. How can people contribute to what you're doing? How can they assist or how can they follow you, find you? How can they listen to your podcast?
1: Yeah. So on the podcast, uh, simply go to uh, My Dream Big Club on just about any podcast app that you use and um, definitely subscribe, uh, listen to some episodes, provide some reviews so I can meet your needs. And then for for myself, you can also follow me. My first name is uh, spelled S-E-U-N period Phillips with two L's, P H I L L I P S um, on Instagram um, and then definitely, along with the podcast, check out MyDreamBigClub.com and, and sign up for our newsletter.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Um, any questions you want to ask me?
1: Um, I, I just wanted to give you guys some props. I, I think that what you're doing with lead up is, is great and continue to to continue to do what you're doing. And any words of encouragement is I would like to infuse that you can continue to to grow that platform. I think just from our opportunity and we we share mutual connections is that uh, what you're doing is very genuine. And I think whenever you have genuine work, uh, great things will come out of it. So, so keep doing what you're doing, bro.
0: My man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Shannon Phillips. Of all the tactics for effective leadership that were discussed, there were three things that Sharon shared that resonated with me. Number one, top three journaling. Number two, action curves fear. And lastly, eyesight doesn't determine insight. When we are striving to become a leader of greatness, it is important that we expose ourselves to people with diverse perspectives. This will allow us to see an idea or thought from another vantage point, enabling us to fully take charge and lead up. Give Shion a follow on Instagram at S-E-U-N-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. Again, that is S-E-U-N-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. Also, listen and subscribe to his podcast, My Dream Big Podcast. And for those of you that have enjoyed this episode, if you would be so kind to share it on Instagram and tag us at Lead Up Lifestyle. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, go to the bottom of the Lead Up Podcast description and click that donate link. Thank you for listening. And as always, remember, keep leading up.